When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast, part of the Fansided Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Lee Vowell and Todd Vandenberg. Welcome to the 12th Man Rising Podcast. Hi, I'm Lee, and with me is Todd. Todd, how are you? I am Malik Patel. Uh, fine. Hello, Malik. Um, it's a beautiful day for an ATV ride. So I want to go ahead and say, yeah, we are going to do this whole show. Maybe. I don't know. We always go off the rails. But this whole show is going to be NFL Seahawks NFL draft. So we're going to do a mock simulator while we're doing this live recording for you. And I my um, recommendation is that you actually listen to this show six or seven times during the week because you'll just miss all the great quips that we have during the show. I don't know what they are yet because we haven't recorded. We're recording right now, so it's live for us. Yeah, exactly. And and when we listen to it six or seven times because we just love the sound of our own voices. Um, yeah, I sound like a a worse version of Patrick Mahomes in my in my mind. So, <laughs> no offense to Patrick, he does things I can't do on the football field. But we're going to do a an NFL using ProFootballNetwork.com, which actually will offer trades possibly while we're doing picks. But basically what we're going to do is we're going to do a mock draft, but we're going to break down why the Seahawks need what they need. Um, but let's let's before we get into that, let's let's start with this. I don't know if you watched any of the Pete Carroll. I, I must not have a day job because I seem to be watching my other screen the whole time. Like we talked last week about how. I was watching a, whatever I was watching, a baseball game or what or whatever. But this this week I somehow got to see the press press conference with Pete Carroll and John Schneider. And by the way, when we're doing our mock simulator, um, Todd doesn't want to be Pete, but I think he should be Pete because he's more Pete, and I'll be uh, John Schneider because I'm I'm lesser than those two guys and all three, including Todd. Anyway, I'm watching so the press conference. I should be yeah. Pete. I'm older and I'm optimistic. And <laughs> yeah. And I say always compete, even though sometimes I don't. And the reason I say always compete is because it's got my name in it. No one really has figured that out yet. The weird thing is, though, I've been on dates with you. Not double. No, we don't date each other. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but double dates. And you always tell the female always compete. I never really understood that on a date, but I'm like, okay, I'm here. I feel a little (laughs) bit wrong. So anyway, I'm I'm watching the press conference and – and they're talking about like, you know, oh, yeah, we might move back. Uh, why that's shocking to anybody. I have no idea. They're going to trade back. They always do. Right. Yeah. I mean, they can pick up so much extra draft capital if they trade back out of nine anyway. And they still would have 
they need multiple players in depth, blah, blah, blah. But they also randomly mention this whole thing about, oh, we've, you know, we've been here for six weeks. We're listening. We've, I think we've listened to every kind of music you can listen to. Now we've started on our German lessons. Okay. So it's like the international games will be announced May 5th. Did they accidentally just tell us that they will be definitely involved in one of those international games in Germany? Otherwise, why would you say that? I don't know. I think they would. I think they are. Why would you choose that? I mean, you could choose, please, Macron, win, win, win. But you could should should say French lessons, right? Um, Because anyway. (laughs) <laughs> for people not in the know today is sunday and the french election is going on and it's either your soul or the devil's soul and you know so anyway they they talked about and macron is the soul the other one the marjorie taylor green one anyway so anybody yeah, people have tuned us much, out much. we're saying take your german lessons if, if you my gut feeling and we'll find out may 5th the the schedule, full schedule comes out what May twelfth I think but they're going to announce the international games on May fifth. If you are a person of means and travel to all the Seahawks games, it certainly seems like maybe you should be planning a Germany trip this fall to watch the Seahawks. Just based on that, that's my gut feeling. Which of course means nothing, but it is what it is. And, it and Todd is, is a person of means. And he will be traveling to Berlin. Actually, I have no idea where they're playing the games. I'm assuming it's Berlin. <clears throat> Kiev. You're going to annex it. It's sad. That's, that's very sad. That'd actually be, the NFL should do that though, right? They should be like, okay, we're not sending enough people over from the United States. We've had 14 leaders of countries visit the Ukraine, but one of them hasn't been our president. And it wouldn't be the president if he was a Republican or Democrat at this point. We just wouldn't have the president go over there because that's the kind of country we're, we are, right? But 14 other countries have. So the NFL should be like, uh, you know what? We're sending people over there. Russell Wilson is now the, I don't know, no idea where I'm going with this. Livingstone Bramble is now the president of Ukraine. It's a boxing thing. So now that we've tuned out, I don't even, Todd's story, <laughs> tuned everybody out. <laughs> Livingstone Bramble. Uh, I would take him in the second round. I'm not, I'm not sold on him in as a first round pick. But in the second with round, Rosario. I, I know you, you're Always a Rosario guy. Totally Got to go with Bramble. Can't go with the other third guy. It was great. Seahawks. That's what we're talking. Hope you're still listening. And I'm talking <laughs> to myself because I think I'm not. Anyway. So let's go ahead and, and, and just do our mock simulator. And as we're <clears throat> nice. going through it, um, well, let's just say before we get into it, if you, if we, if we, as in you and you are John and I'm Paul, that's a joke. Beatles joke. No, I, you're you're John, and I'm Pete. If we had to choose a position and we stuck at number nine, what position would you choose at number nine? Not player, but position. Would you choose? Again, depending on what's available, right? <clears throat> and that's it's a really a crapshoot. Personally, I would like to see them move up in the draft trade maybe the second pick of the 2023 draft which they pulled from denver which hopefully will be a relatively high pick as we've talked about hopefully denver doesn't have a great season again nothing to do with russ but it's all about the draft pick and that would be enough to bump us up a little bit because position position i would like to see them go offensive line 
followed closely by an edge rusher, followed closely by a cornerback. But again, it depends on who's available. Uh, if they could move up to say maybe fifth, because I think it might take that, I would love to see them take Mr. Gardner. Because um, I think he's at that position. I think he's the, the clear cut leader. Did he just honk at you? Yeah, like he somebody did. just is that, hey, totally. sauce he's, is in, in Miami, and he was like, hey. Sauce is in the house. <laughs> that should be really awesome. Uh, oh, I'm I mean, sorry, that's sorry to interrupt I you. I, I want the listeners to know that Todd uh, yesterday had to deal with a stomach issue because he had too much sauce, I believe, is, is what happened. It was, it was too alcohol. much sauce. But frankly, I don't think the Seahawks can get enough sauce from now on. Uh, that's who I would – again, it, it's, it depends – Position, if they stay at nine, they need to go offensive line uh, and tackle. You know, there's, there's, been a, <laughs> there's been a lot of, uh, obviously, there are more than a few mock drafts out there, right? I think we've heard that that term come up. Uh, I believe there's, I believe what you meant is we've put out mock drafts and people have been mocking us for that. That's what I meant. Exactly right. Yeah, I don't want to see. Uh, I don't want to see us go with one of these moves where it's like, well, maybe we'll get this guy, and he's a hype. It's like, no, no hybrids, no guys who can play guard or tackle. I want to tackle. Um, and maybe as a rookie, they're not ready to play left tackle. That's fine. But I'm a right tackle. Resign Mr. Brown because they haven't done that yet. Keep him for another season. Mr. Brown, um, by the way, is a character from Reservoir Dogs. <laughs> yes, indeed. And then the rookie, whoever it would be, would be ready for the next season. So uh, offensive line, and it's got to be a tackle. Um, I wouldn't cry if they picked a certain center. We'll get to that point. But position-wise, again, depending on who's available, you know, if Gardner somehow drops to fourth, it's like the position is cornerback because this guy, to me, he is as close as any player is as a, a can't miss in this draft at any position. And that's why I don't think he'll be there at nine. But this is a long way of saying left tackle. Yeah, no, I I agree. I, I think I think you're right. And um, and before we get into actually probably picking Derek Stingley Jr. Um, <laughs> my fear is that they they choose a cornerback and it is Stingley Jr. And, and no offense to him, but he hasn't done anything since 2019. And I think a lot of it is high. He could be and end up being great, but I feel like a lot of that what he has is hype. Who's the last person that we spoke about with the Seahawks who did great things in 2019 for a short amount of time? Oh, Drew Locke. And then since then, you know, that was an NFL level, obviously, but that's when we keep what we keep hearing. Oh, he had those five games in 2019. He was fantastic. He'll be great in 2022. And Stingley hasn't stayed healthy, nor has he had a pick since 2019. Well, he played on a loaded defense and had six. He might end up being great. But I think if Sauce Gardner is gone at pick nine, um, by pick nine, and they, the Seahawks stay at pick nine, then if Derek Stingley is there, they don't need to go cornerback first with Stingley. Is that's my fear. Um, because we'll go with a guard. That's <clears throat> he 
Yuck. Uh, one moment, sir. <clears throat> As I clear my brain. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's that's not their main need. If Gardner is there, that's the pick. But it's because of the quality of that player I at agree. that position. Yeah, they need a cornerback. But I don't think they need to take – they only need to take that guy in the first round, not anybody else. And Stingley – Stingley could wind up having a better career in the NFL. Of course he could. You, you, you don't know. But based on what we've seen, uh, one of these two players has scored more touchdowns than he surrendered. That's not Stingley. <laughs> it's like, right. Um, well, and Gardner, it's kind of unfair, right? He, he's never gave up a touchdown in college. And, right. and he exactly. played, even though he played at Cincinnati and Stingley played at LSU, Cincinnati, because of the success they had, had played a lot of high-level teams. And still, even against Alabama last year in the semifinals, didn't give up a touchdown. I mean, he's legit. He's got the size. They both have the size, but Gardner has the size. I just think if if Stingley is – sorry, if Gardner is gone at pick nine, then you just move on from that cornerback position anyway. And they haven't chosen a cornerback since round three – with uh, with Shaquille Griffin in what 2018, and they've like or 17, they, they've done pretty well with their with their cornerback picks, in, in the in the rounds that they have drafted. Yeah. So it's not like oh my god, we got to get a guy in the first round because it never works if we don't do it. It's like um, yeah, they need to ra- wait till round five to get their cornerback. Yep, <laughs> except they don't need to do that because that's insane. But <laughs> well, I mean just Sherman. So. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, again, Stingley, I can, if they, if he's there in the second round, which I really wouldn't have much problem believing that happens because of the, like the injury history and that's it. <clears throat> then that again, depending on what they've done. Yeah. I would go for him in the second, um, because the upside is so high, but man, there's, there's a lot of, obviously there's a lot of talent that you can't miss on. That you don't want to take the risk, and he's he's a he's one of these high risk, high reward players, and you can't you can't do that with your ninth pick. You have to get a hit with your ninth pick. Hundred percent agree. Just take a risk. Extremely well said. Absolutely agree. Let's go ahead and start our draft, um, which is brought to you by Nikki X Happy Hour Studios. Visit <laughs> your Nikki X Happy Hour today. So okay, here we go. Let's let's start. The draft. Oh, and we're already here. Okay, so with we have two <laughs> trade offers um, already. Um, one is from for pick nine, the Jaguars, and again, this is ProFootballNetwork.com, which is I love this simulator because they actually offer you trades. You don't have to come up with like I'd really like to trade, but they actually offer one. So this one is not. A, I mean, in my opinion, it's not great. Pete, I'm going to call you Pete uh, because this. This is for the pick nine pick. The Jaguars are offering pick 33, 65, 70, a 2023 second and fourth rounder. Um, and then the next one is the Packers. We could accept this one for pick nine. We would get pick 22, pick 28, and pick 258. Would you take either of those? You're going to stand, or should we stand pat at pick nine? What's the Packers? Not the Jaguars. What's the Packers offering again to pick 22, pick? Yeah, two, 22, 28. So two first rounders in 2022 and then pick 258. All of them are 2022 NFL draft pick. <clears throat> uh, 
but you're trading all the way back to 22, which the Jaguars offer is just out. I mean, maybe you're picking up a whole bunch of stuff more, but but that's not you're not picking until the second round. At least this way, the Seahawks would have two first round picks. And again, this is not positional dependent, but player dependent. If and and I'm assuming that we're getting this offer while we're on the clock. We are on the clock. So if Sauce is there, I'm taking Sauce. If he's not there, I'm taking the offer. Well, so would, far he was taken at number four to and the I take Jets. The offer. Okay, so we and are take, trading back. And I take the offer. Evan Nil went to the Packers, by the way, at number nine. And Stingley went twelfth to to the Vikings. So we are about to be on the clock, and the best players available. Oh, we're getting another offer, which we don't want to take. It's from Washington, pick forty-seven, and pick. Uh, 113 and then a first round pick in 2023. We don't want that. No. But so we have Kenny Pickett. Again, we have two picks now in the first round, 20, 22nd and 28th. So the best players available are defensive tackle Jordan Davis out of Georgia. Kenny Pickett still available. Devin Lloyd, uh, linebacker who I love, is yeah. available. We also have uh, we have a bunch of people, but Trent McDuffie out of Washington is still available. So, um, I mean, if if it's me, and again, this is a this is a group uh, decision, but if it's me, we either go with McDuffie because what would we, we talk about edge rusher? I guess the best right. edge rusher would be. There's a bunch of them off the board already, um, and we could probably wait until the second round to get one of those two. So what we say is it would be cornerback next. Is that what we said? And then was oh, so it offensive tackle or offensive line and cornerback? Offensive line and edge rush and then corner. Okay. So offensive line, uh, we do have an offensive guard we should take. Um, so it looks like a lot of the top tackles. So at this point, if we're going in that order of our position of needs, we should probably should ch- uh, uh, take a cornerback. Um, because Jordan Davis is going to be a great run stopper, may not offer a whole lot of uh, pass rush immediately, and he's a defensive tackle. We could go with Devin Lloyd, um, who could probably get to the quarterback, um, but he's a linebacker. He would obviously fill the role right. of, of Bobby Wagner. I think at that point, I would go with Lloyd. We are going with Devin Lloyd. We have chosen Devin Lloyd as the first Seahawks pick in 2022 at pick 22. Which, you know, obviously it's like, a, okay, so where was that on our, on our positional? It was, obviously it was fourth at the highest. I'm not even sure if that would be our fourth highest need. But that's, yeah. a, like you said, to step in for Bobby or, you know, depending on how you want to scheme it, to, to slide over whatever i think lloyd is again it's it's still a position of need it's not the best need but it's the best player at a position that we do need at, at, at that pick i think that's what the right pick yeah plus you're putting him next to you're putting basically a player that might be a younger bobby wagner next to a young jordan brooks right. your linebacker group set for years at this point right i think i think that make pick makes total right. sense um yeah. So our next, our next, uh, uh, we're, we are on the clock already at 28. This is an extremely fast draft, um, which I wish all drafts were this fast. One of these. We ha- <laughs> yeah, we have two offers, um, both of which we should reject, and that should be, 
uh, just for those listening, I should be honest and say, I can see the draft board. Todd cannot. So he's kind of having to wait until I give him the information or I mean, Pete, sorry, not Todd. Um, we have two offers at 28. One is from the Texans at pick 37 uh, for, for pick 28, which we have currently. It's the Texans pick 37 and also a 2023 uh, third rounder. Nope. Or we have an offer from the Eagles for pick 28 of pick 51, 83, a second rounder in 2023 and a seventh rounder in 2023. But looking nope. at the board, I McDuffie is still available. McDuffie. I reject these offers. Sorry, teams. And you're not sorry. You're happy. You're That's gloating. Right. You're gloating as you reject their offers. That's right. So what we're going defense heavy so far, right? We've got two first round picks since we traded back out of nine. And I think that's the right thing to do, right? I, I think the, you definitely need offensive tackles um, on both sides. But I do think if you re-sign Dwayne Brown, um, at least for one year, then you can, I mean, Curhan, you're not going anywhere in 2022. See if Jake Curhan can play, or right. pre-pro, we mentioned Stone Forsythe. Maybe he can play right tackle. The inner the guards and center are set at this point. Yeah. So going defense, especially speed, which we did, and a great shutdown, potentially shutdown corner in the NFL. I think we've done really well so far, which means the rest of the draft, we're going to end up going long snapper for, for every pick. <laughs> Totally. So we're on the pick now at number 40. So we've got back-to-back picks. So pick 40 and 41. Um, we have, do never have too many long snappers. Exactly. I mean, yeah. You, one goes down, you got to have another one immediately come in. Uh, that's always been my theory, and I've never won a football game in my life. But So we have two trade offers for number 40. One is from the Dolphins for pick 40. We, they, we would get 102 and 125 of this year in the second and third rounder. That's that's way too much. Why would the Dolphins offer that much and for one? Well, anyway, let's just like clearly let's, they want one particular player who yeah, exactly. they will then pay to forfeit games allegedly. Yep. And then we have uh, we have an offer from the Cardinals, um, an uh, NFC West rival, for pick forty and one fifty three. They're going to give us pick fifty five and a second rounder in twenty twenty three. Do we want either of those? I'm seeing what's on the board, and I'm going to – my suggestion would be hell no, by the way. Yeah, I don't think I want – I mean, Dolphins have given up a lot of picks, but, I mean, they're lower. Obviously, yeah, they're, they're lower. But, I mean, they're a lot of lower. It's like, no. And definitely okay. not the Cardinals. Okay. So, Tyler Linderbaum is still the on the board. If they gave us six first-round picks for the next decade, <laughs> That's right. Cardinals. Screw Actually, it. I would. Because that would be stupid not to do that. Can Even you win I would the do that. In the first quarter? Can you win in the second? So, um, anyway, but Tyler Tyler Linderbaum is still on the board. At pick. He's not a long snapper. No, but he's snapper. close. He's kind of <laughs> close. We got to take Linderbaum, right? I mean, we've got other players we can choose, but Linderbaum's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, I I agree. Okay. Man, there's a I ton agree. of players. Actually, Good players. He's, a, he's a high-brainer. Um, yeah, are we set at center? Yeah, probably. For one year. For one but, year. Yeah, but Linderbaum, could, we could be. Yep, and he could just be like Humphrey was um, last year, right? He's still there? Did you drop off? Maybe you've dropped off. I'm going to go Linderbaum. 34. And now we're back on the board, and we have two picks. 
definitely take yeah, you definitely have to take Linderbaum. bomb yeah you faded off there for a minute yeah I, I had an incoming call it was actually pete who was saying like uh, <laughs> that was a, was a draft it was me. since we're on the board it was probably the broncos offering this this new uh, thing for us so at pick 41 we've got two offers we've got the broncos this might be interesting the broncos are offering pick 64 and pick six sorry 64 and 75 and a fourth rounder next year that's something to think about. I mean, there's a lot of good players on the board, but then we're picking up two. I don't know. What do you think? And what what pick is this that we're on now again? Forty one. Forty one. Yeah, forty one. And there's um, there's an edge rusher on the board. There's a couple of really good uh, running backs. Um, the guy from Penn State, who, whose name I can't. Arnold. We also have Brees Hall and Kenneth yeah. Walker. As running backs, there's Tyler Smith, who used to play basketball for Tennessee. I'm not taking a running back before the fifth round. And then Quay Walker, what we already have, is Boye Mafe, which is an edge rusher that's out there. Um, Do need an edge rusher, for sure. You think we should, so we should reject this trade-off? Yeah, yeah, let's let's So, sorry, Broncos. Hey, we accepted one trade offer and it made sense. And we, I think we got a couple of good players in the first round because we drafted positions of needs. We got Seahawks. What they need is, as we spelled out, offensive line, right? We've we've addressed that at center long term. They needed a cornerback. We've addressed that. Um, they needed a pass rusher, and I think Lloyd could develop into that. I think we've addressed the three needs straight off. Um, but do we need another edge rusher? You think? Think we should legit, go with the Penn State guy? Yeah, a legit edge rusher. I. Wow. Well, or you know, or Moffey. but he's so up and down, Moffey. You know, it's like his motor seems to run hot and cold, and I'm not sure if that's a Pete Pete Carroll. You'd know better because you're Pete in this role, but and I'm not sure if he's a Pete Carroll guy in this situation or not. Or there's Tyler Smith of Tulsa, who's an offensive tackle. You know There's also Desmond Ritter, by the way, is still available. No. Let's go with the tackle. Okay. So we're going with Tyler Smith, former basketball player for the University of Tennessee, who transitioned to football later in life. <laughs> People are like, oh, and then the, everybody we want to. So our next pick actually isn't until next year at this point. This is how it's going to be on draft day when we're writing our articles, by the way. If you're listening to this on, on draft day, you're like, oh, these guys, are, they don't know what they're talking about, but okay, that's good. So um, I think we've done, we, we've addressed the needs so far, right? Now, what do we want to do? Do we want to go best player available or do we still want to keep it? I mean, we're in the third round now. To me, we, we have a trade offer. We have two trade offers, by the way, now. We're on pick 72. Tennessee is offering pick 90 and a third rounder in 2023. Nope. The, the Patriots are offering pick 85 and pick 127 for our pick 72 and pick 258. To me, that's, I don't know. I will say we have a running back. We need a running back uh, as well. Brees Hall is still on the board. Carson Strong of Nevada, who may be on the board for a while, who just has no mobility. But I think it has maybe the best arm, one of the best arms in the draft class. Um, 
there's there's a bunch of good players still available. Uh, we are starting to get to the to the point where we're probably drafting best player available. Yeah, if, I think so too. Um, don't really need a receiver uh, so much unless something happens. I mean, this could all. If you're listening to this podcast, and thank you for doing so, um, and it's not yet round one, and DK Metcalf has been traded on Tuesday, we will do another <laughs> podcast because that's probably worthy <laughs> of doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, again, off- offensive line, edge rusher, and defensive back, we've addressed. So we're probably going for best pl- best player available at this point. But we do have a need at running back because, you know, Penny and Carson are going to get hurt right? Um, at some point. And we don't even know if Carson's coming back. But Penny's going to get hurt. And then after that, there's a huge drop-off. So are we we're going to reject the Patriots offer for 85 and 127? Yeah, I think we turn that down. Okay. We're definitely rejecting the Titans offer at pick 9. Uh, yeah. So we're on the board. And we again, I we think mock- we... Say that again. Mock. We mock their offer because it's a mock draft. That's right. We spat in their faces. The second spitter. Um, I, I mean, to me, I think we go Brees Hall at running back would be my pick. But there's again, there's Carson Strong. If we do want to go quarterback in the third round, um, there's another edge rusher. No, I would go with uh, Hall. I agree. You know, earlier I said, well, I'm taking a running back. I was only partially joking because running backs have become so almost plug and play <clears throat> at this point in NFL offenses. You know, unless you've got like one of the top five backs, it almost doesn't matter who you've got. If he's healthy, we have one of the top five backs. Hell, if they're both healthy, we have arguably, well, I would say definitely two of the top 10 backs in the yeah, league. For sure. If they're healthy. But like you said, that's the question. Carson has never stayed healthy for an entire season. Granted, usually, usually it's a few games. Uh, Penny, <clears throat> we know about that history. Yeah, we've definitely, and, and I, I like what we, I like Homer, but I mean, we need another guy who can, who's, well, of course, he's a rookie. He hasn't proven anything, but you need something that you can expect would step in yeah. and, and, and carry that load. So, yeah, I would, I would go ahead and go with Hall. I love Homer as a special teamer. He's yeah special as a special teamer, but I, not as an every down running back. But I, I would I would definitely his contract is up what after next year I guess I would I would definitely bring him back just because yeah. of his special team capabilities. You have to have guys like that. First of yeah. all, he calls calls out the plays, calls up on uh, punts. Yeah. I mean, but he's he's great. I mean, he should be a Pro Bowler, but he's not going to be a running back. Um, the reason I would go with with Brees Halls because he's big. He's 6'1", 220. I mean, it's Todd Gurley size. He can catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, he he basically is a Pete Carroll back, right? He's bigger, right. but he can – maybe he's not going to be as explosive at times um, with his speed, but he still still ran a 4.39, 40, the combine, combine. And like you mentioned, if it's a running back, the running back position has been so diminished at this point with the plug-and-play – but Hall fits what Seattle wants to do. I think I think he's, he's <coughs> if he stays healthy, and he has throughout his college career at least, um, then he's a potentially very good player for a long time for Seattle. Um, so we are we are on the board again at 109, and we have Isaiah Spiller, which you know we don't want to take a running back. We have Isaiah Thomas, uh, edge rusher from Oklahoma, 
couple of tight ends, including Kate Otten from Washington. Bunch of receivers. There's Bailey Zapp, who's a quarterback, going in round four. So if we want to think about taking a, a quarterback, we could. Zapp um, broke the what college football records last year with passing yards, things like that. Um, so I mean, at this point, where I, th- I mean, we're just basically choosing best player available, unless we want to go with a quarterback just to have one. But I don't know. What do you, what do you think? Should we go for still positions of need? <clears throat> I'm still going for positions of need, you know, not including quarterback. You know, I actually, I like Zap, um, but not, not here. Not at this point. His uh, throws and, are just not zappy enough, to be honest, to be an NFL quarterback. <laughs> I picture if he's still available later, you know, definitely. I think we could take a look at him again, but not, not here. What do we have for? <clears throat> excuse me. What do we have for defensive backs? Defensive backs looks like they have gone. We've got a safety, which we don't really need. We're actually overloaded on safety because if Justin Coleman goes to nickelback like he should, not right. the band, the position, that would be bad. <laughs> Justin Coleman's the new singer of Nickelback. Um, he's not even Canadian. Be sad but, for him. <laughs> Marquise Blair and Ugo Amadi, who was Ugo uh, in 2021, would move back to their safety position or at least depth for nickelback. So uh, safety is set because Jamal Adams and Quandre Diggs should both be playing. But the next cornerback on the board is Sam Houston. St- let's try again. Sam Houston State's Zion McCollum, but he is 128 overall, according to Pro Football Network's rankings so if we do want to go in that position and in that direction that would be the best quarterback we also have Alante taylor from tennessee at 139 and justin coleman worked out pretty well so if we're going cornerback and i'm i'm good with with that if you want to choose one of those two cornerbacks we can go with either of those who's got the i would go with the one who's got the length you know the pete the pete player the Pete player, which makes sense. So uh, Zion McCollum, who I've heard good things about. Um, I just, I, I worry because the Tennessee was not very good on defense last year, right? At University right. of Tennessee. So I'm not sure, even though they played at a high level, I don't know he was that good. McCollum's like, right, he's 6'2". So we're going to go with, uh, with Zion McCollum out of McCollum. San Houston State. So, <clears throat> and part of the reason, well, you know, Amadi was not, did not come through, uh, and obviously we're talking about as in a backup role, but he did not come through. And Blair, I love Blair, but injuries. Yeah, he can't stay so, healthy. He's like a running back. So, uh, yeah, I like McCollum at this point. I, I just, that's the whole point of a draft is to build depth, and you never know. I mean, <clears throat> You just don't know what's what's going to happen. So, no, I like no, no, I think I think what what's held against McCollum is just the fact that he played at Sam Houston State. Right. So four it's three, not like four he's three three. That's not too bad. Yeah, I'm ha- I'm happy almost, with that pick. Almost a forty inch vertical jump. So. Yeah. yeah. Well, we are on the board now in the fifth round at one forty five, and we have a trade offer. Should be a sound for this. Whatever. But we have a trade offer for, <laughs> for pick 145 and a seventh rounder in 2023. The Chargers will offer us pick 160 
and pick 195 in this draft. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of good with that. Yeah, because, I think at this point, right at this point, you're looking for. I was going to say bodies, and that's not what you're looking for, but you're looking for depth. And this far down in the draft, you're really getting to the point where it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Like McCollum, he could be great, and he could also not even make the team already yeah. at this point. So I want two opportunities for guys that are going to come through as opposed to one. So I'm, I'm fine with making that. I'm fine Nothing. with that move. We've gone from pick eight picks to ten picks in this draft, which is makes sense. So now we're on the board at 153. <clears throat> the best players available. There's an offensive tackle from Arkansas, uh, Richie Cunningham. His name's Myron, but I had to go with Richie. <laughs> and then Cunningham. we've <laughs> – it's Opie Cunningham. Um, we don't need any cornerbacks. I think we're set at cornerbacks. We've chosen yeah. two in this draft. Um Absolutely. We could always go with uh, more edge rushers. There's one out of Western Carolina, D'Angelo Malone, uh, cousin of Post. That's a joke, too. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got a running back. Uh, we haven't chosen a quarterback, and at this point, I don't think we are. Um, in fact, the best quarterback available at this point is Anthony Anthony Russo from Michigan State. I don't know why I just made him that Italian. Um, actually, Jared Quarantano is available at, uh, from Washington State. Ha <laughs> ha. We laugh because we've seen a lot of uh, Tennessee football games. Yeah. Um and a hard pass. Yeah, hard pass. <laughs> but we've got a. Uh, we could go. Uh, we got a, another center. We've got a tight end. We could go with the tight end. I don't know. Um, Cade Mays, offensive guard. I think we're set at guard. I don't think we need any depth. We do have Haskell Garrett out of Ohio State, who's a defensive tackle. We could always use more. Defensive tackle. Actually, let me. You know what? This sounds. I think. So I've written about this extensively because of my hate for Jason Myers. And I'm joking. <laughs> Jason, if you're listening, I don't hate you. I think you're fantastic. You are fantastic. But we do have the ability to cut, we as in John and Pete, to release Jason Myers and save $4 million. Cade York from LSU. 15 of 19 from beyond 15 in his college career still on the board fifth round would you would you be okay with taking a a kicker to save four million because really that's why we're doing it Um, yeah yeah that's true yeah i can't argue that or should we go should we go edge rusher or punter. There's a punter on the board. A punter is 152. This guy must be phenomenal. It's like, this guy. <laughs> we like Michael Dixon, but this guy averages 70 yards a punt. Each I'm one not, lands inside the five. I'm not I'm not drafting a punter for 10 years, hopefully. Um, we still have Richie Cunningham on the board. By the way. You know what? I, w- I want Opie Cunningham. I want Myron Cunningham. I want another tackle. The possibility of a tackle. And uh, that was 153. And a lot of people are going to say, it's a reach, it's a reach in the fifth round. It's like, maybe it's all a reach, like but, you said. Yeah. Um, so now we're at pick 160. Um, and the, again, we still have Haskell Garrett, defensive tackle. We, uh, defensive tackle, we've got Al Woods currently, right? Puna Ford, Brian right. Monet. Um, they're switching, clearly switching to more of a 3 4 um, just right. because of the signings they've made and, and the whole philosophy. And they haven't made. I mean, they, they keep saying, oh, maybe we're it's still going to be 4-3. There's going to be a lot of mix. Clearly, they're switching to a 3-4, which actually, right. 
you know, one one can work better over the other depending on the personnel. But I like that Pete, at as we talked about last week, 150 years old, is still willing to be like, you know what, I've been a, a great defensive coach my entire career in the NFL and in college, but maybe we should try something different. Just because teams don't yeah. know how to plan against us. I, I think it's phenomenal. A lot of people wouldn't do that. But they probably do need a little bit more youth. Puna's great. Um, Brian Monet is solid. Al Woods was great last year, but he was, what, 35 this year, yeah, I think? Yeah, that's the thing. That's a, and that's the only issue with Woods. It's like you can't depend on him to have another season that good. And how many seasons can you expect at this point from him? I right. mean, yeah, he'll probably his... turn in five more like that for those teams, because <laughs> I said that. Um, Arguably like that had his awesome. best year last year, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. But you can't depend on that because, of, again, like you said, because of the age. And it's football, and people get hurt. So, yeah, even with going to a 3-4, it's – and, again, we're, we're again we're at that point of the best available talent. But right. I would not mind seeing an interior lineman here. Right. We're going to go with Haskell Garrett out of Ohio State then at DT. Um, which I'm assuming means defensive tackle unless he has a drinking problem. No offense. <laughs> but the DTs. So um, now we're getting into round six. Smoke Monday just went. Love that name. Smoke. Yeah, Cowboys took smoke, which kind of makes sense because it's the Cowboys, right? Mm, totally makes sense. There are only so many White Houses. So we're uh, we're up next at 195. And we both know there's only like two people listening who got that, but <laughs> they'll love it. <laughs> right. So at 195, the best player available currently is Daniel Bellinger, tight end from San Diego State. We do have Brock Purdy out of uh, Iowa State, who's a quarterback. But I mean, I don't want it. I don't want to take a quarterback this late. I mean, I mean, if we haven't taken a quarterback early, then we're just wasting picks at this point. There's Josh. Pascal, uh, edge rusher out of Kentucky, um, that's still available, who has some huge upside. Um, I mean, at this point, like you like you mentioned just a second ago, we're kind of taking best player available. I don't know. It's, I can see. This is where you go. I mean, to me, this is, like we talked earlier, risk and reward. And this is where you make those choices. To me, it's like, okay. It's like, yeah, maybe, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of ifs. There's a lot of maybe there's more cons to pros, you know, in their draft profile. But when there's some really good strengths, you know. Yeah. I mean, we've got uh, other players kind of close, high up on the board. We've got um, <coughs> Josh Joby, uh, Bubba Bolden, um, and uh, DJ somebody. So we've entered the alliterative rounds of the draft. <laughs> um, is the is the important part here? I, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, I guess I would go with Pascal just because it gives us another edge rusher at this point. And he's totally round agree. six. And the but, thing is, he's he's a defensive end edge rusher. He's not a Leo. I mean, yeah, true. And he I played want, in the SEC, so he's played against high level competition. And, you know, because I mean, nothing wrong with having a 240, 250 pound edge rusher. Definitely not. But I don't want Another one. This guy's almost 270, 6'3", 270. I want a more prototypical defensive end. Exactly. He could be the next LJ point. Collier. <laughs> you know, well, it'd be inter- I am interested to see, not that it has anything to do with the draft, but I'm interested to see what's going to happen with LJ Collier this year. 
because there's a new sheriff in town, new regime, new scheme. Yeah, we'll, my my. We'll, we'll find out if are they going to use him. Is he going to be useful? Yeah, he was last year in like the eight plays he got. Yeah. how it feels. Eight right? plays, seven quarterback hits, and he's never born. <laughs> it's like, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. too productive, sir. Sit too, on the bench. Too productive, indeed. So yeah, we'll. And obviously, this is this is the point where we're going to see what he can actually do, and hopefully, he can do a lot. But uh, that's. At any rate, yeah, I definitely like Pascal. So I'm just looking at I'm looking at this profile as as a lot of people will be doing on NFL. Like his, his face is turned to the side, and you're looking at his profile. He's very does good. he have a better side, left side, right side? He's Dude. like Sienna Miller. Six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. No, eleven things listed for strength. I totally know that. And only two weaknesses listed. Like, hmm. Okay, actually, can't tackle. Cause never can't. had a sack. <laughs> Those would be rather large weaknesses. <laughs> actually, there are several weaknesses. They strung, strung, strung them. They strang them up. Wow, I feel like I went to the University of Kentucky with that. One. <laughs> I'll say it is Kentucky. Uh, but one of one of his strengths is big personality who loves the game. Well, that would be me, but that doesn't mean I get to play. Um, <laughs> exactly. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of. Good, uh, good things actually listed. I could so, play. I can play in the NFL. I would play for a dollar. You would not be successful, but I would play. <laughs> yeah. I would play for one play. That would be it. I'm physically be capable dead. of walking onto a field and running slowly at, at my highest speed. And again, your team would lose badly, but I am capable. Badly is right. Uh, anyway, yes. We knew this was going to go off the rails. Josh out of Kentucky, edge rusher. Yes. Indeed. What were his two his two weaknesses? Can't tackle and never had a sack. No, I'm joking. I mean, I guess. yeah, can't tackle and never had a sack. Yeah. Uh, needs better feel for edge pressure. Occasional imbalance due to inconsistent of a frenzied play. Lands been on the ground at times. Limited success as face up edge rusher. Lacks upper body flexion to turn and flatten at the top of the arc. This is all one weakness. Uses incredible. Oh um, I'm sorry. Uses predictable jump and swim rush move inside. Rushes rushes gases out if he doesn't win early in the rep. That would be funny if it was all that. If that's how it was written. Like, that's his weakness. Like, everything. <laughs> that's his weakness. But he does have, uh, there are a lot of strengths listed. But, on, and I was making fun of, like, loves to ball. Loves to play. It's like, but you know what? As long as, long as you actually can play, a guy three, has three-point range. About, about nothing but football. That's a really valuable player to have on the team as well. A guy who gets it. I mean, that sounds like a Pete player, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's... that's this should be a player for any team, right? But, I mean... 100%. Pete, Pete yep. loves football. He loves the game so much, and he likes to have players like that. Yeah. Just like Bill Belichick. Yeah. If, if there's if two players are, are about the same, the player that wants, as you mentioned, the player that wants to ball more, that's who's getting taken. Oh, yeah. That's, because you can turn that player more into... Have a greater... Uh, potential of turning that player into a, a truly productive player because they want to be productive. Whereas like, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm here because I have the size and speed to do it. Not because I have the willpower to really want to succeed. Yeah. I mean, the term coachable is often overused, but this guy definitely sounds coachable yeah. and he's comes in with a lot of talent to begin with. So we were I, at pick 229, by the way, and I chose our player. So, um, uh, just because we're, 
We're running out. I, at 229, I went with uh, Bo Melton, the receiver out of Rutgers. Because he's, uh, I've heard uh, that he was held back by his playing, deciding to play at Rutgers. Um, and he's, he's a good receiver, and the Seahawks can use another receiver, right? I yeah. mean, they. That's fine. Here's, and I think we may be yeah. done, maybe done with our draft. But here's the thing that nobody, unless I just can't read, which is a possibility, awesome. that I haven't seen people talking about is with the DK Metcalf trade. We don't want them to be traded, but they would get a whole bunch back for them if they did, right? They still have Tyler Lockett, who's getting a little older, and by the time of, and oh, we're, oh sorry, we have another pick. I forgot we chose two fifty eight. Um. <laughs> It's just a crapshoot at this point. I mean, the the top guys, there's an offensive guard, a cornerback, a safety. Um, Mel Blunt, never heard of that guy. Um, <laughs> Joey Blunt from Virginia. Uh, there's a bunch of linebackers, safety. There's a bunch of defensive guys. So I at guess this, at this point, point. You're looking for someone who can also help out on special teams, of course, right? So. Yeah, correct. So offensive tackle? No. So uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I say who's that, and biggest, that guy's gonna like kill people. Who's the biggest guy out there? Do we have a three hundred eighty pound tackle? We want that guy. That's right. Eats up half the field. <laughs> We're always forced to go to the right side with these guys. Uh, let's see. So I guess we have a. Uh, we could go back to position of need cornerback. Two OTs that are pretty high. Um, one from Utah, one from UTSA. Got a linebacker from Appalachian who's the, State. Who's the? Okay, I'm I'm interested in the tackle from Utah, and the Appy State linebacker. Okay, let's go with the Appy State linebacker because that guy has to be able to help out in special teams, right? Right. To Marco Jackson. That's our draft, and we're done. So we ended up with 10 picks. We went with uh, Devin Lloyd. and So if you just are tuning into this podcast and have no idea how that happened, you must have fast-forwarded through all the stuff you didn't think was going to be good, but you've gotten to the stuff that's still not right. very good. Um, <laughs> so I apologize. It's your fault for listening. Um, but cool. So we, we traded back. Yeah, exactly. We traded back out of pick nine to the Packers and uh, picked up two first-rounders, 22 and 28. So... With pick 22, we chose Devin Lloyd. With 28, we chose Trent McDuffie, cornerback out of Washington. With 40, we went with Tyler Linderbaum, center out of Iowa. 41, we went with Tyler Smith, former basketball player from Tennessee, who's turned into an offensive tackle in Tulsa. 72, we went with Brees Hall from Iowa State, running back. 109, Zion McCollum, cornerback, Sam Houston State. 153, Myron Opie Cunningham, offensive tackle of Arkansas. You know what's going to happen is we're going to look at this. And we're going to be oh, did you realize we chose eight offensive tackles? Um, <laughs> no one's um, touching the quarterback that we don't have. That's right. <laughs> Even the receivers are offensive tackles. It's just it's like the wedge. So uh, at 160 is uh, defensive tackle Haskell Garrett. Uh, number 195 was Josh Pascal, uh, scientist out of Kentucky. 229. Bo Melton, people are like, what are you talking Bo Melton was 229 out of Rutgers, and 258 was DeMarco Jackson, linebacker out of, I don't know why I said that name. He's, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I apologize, Mr. Jackson, if you end up being a Seahawk, and I've just said DeMarco Jackson, like he's in some kind of 70s film. I don't know. Uh, it sounds like a, a Quentin Tarantino character. DeMarco Jackson, so a linebacker, Appalachian State. Special teamer, we hope, Mr. Jackson. We don't know you. Guys, like, have you seen my resume? I've never played special teams in my life. Like, I'm the I'm the holder on on kicks. 
So uh, anyway, that's that's who we chose. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with I'm happy that Demarco Jackson, team captain, not too bad, right? Yeah. 119 tackles, 20 tackles for loss, six sacks, an interception, broke up five passes, 27 quarterback pressures. I was like, that sounds pretty. Is that small. over? Is that just last year, or is that over his? I mean, the 119 tackles or whatever is that over his career? That's, that, that's last year. 27. 20, really? 27 last year? That's what it says. I got to go um, to Boone a little bit more. Uh, <laughs> now, we'll, now, the 27 pressures, I'm thinking. Uh, well, that, you know, if he had six sacks, 27 pressures kind of would fit That's in with that. a ton of pressure. He's, he blitzed a lot. How uh, big is he? Why is he falling that far? Not just for us, but in the rankings. Why is he falling that far back? Six foot. Because he's six foot tall. That's oh. why. Yeah. Can't have short linebackers like Bobby Wagner. They'll never turn out to be anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> that, I mean, seriously, probably not six foot and played at Happy State. So, you know. Yeah, but I mean, they've got, I think they've got a, a good reputation. I don't, I don't know. I wonder how many Happy State NFL players there are out there. I'm sure there's a few. But yeah, I mean, you, like you mentioned, get a special teams guy. That guy seems to be have the speed to to be able to do it. I mean, yeah. if he's six feet tall, he probably flies around the field, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, we've set up, we've improved our defense, got a uh, potentially shut down quarter at twenty eight, which seems ridiculous. I think McDuffie in real life is going to go a lot higher than that. Yeah. Um, got our center for the future, Tyler Linderbaum. I mean, really center is what. That. I'm really I'm happy too. with the Linderbaum pick. I'm happy with all of them, but I mean, that I think is a steal at, at that I'm position. not happy with the last half of our. I mean, we should just release those guys immediately after drafting them. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we've taken you at pick 109 and gone back five minutes. We've released you from your. <laughs> <laughs> what are we, the Browns? That's right. Um, Seahawks are a holes. Um, <laughs> That's that's what they should do, right? They, they go on, and and you always like to see those moments that they post on Twitter and Seahawks.com, where it's like, "This is the call we made," and then the guy's like, "Oh, thank you for picking me," and then the call five minutes later, uh, "We've released you." Oh, screw you guys! And it's like, <laughs> they call them back. They don't even say they released them. They were just like, "You've got a contract with a USFL <laughs> team currently." So, oh, oh thanks. God. Which have you have you watched any of the uh, uh, quote competition? I have not. I have watched probably two and a half quarters of USFL. Um, of the same game or split it up? Two different games. Two different games. I'm not. Uh, I. I don't. It's kind of, I guess, what I expected. I mean, you know, it's not the best talent in the world because, after all, they're playing professional football in April. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I. I one thing I really don't understand is why did they call it the USFL? Why bother? It's like because oh that had there's such a legacy to the USFL. People are dying to watch. It's like nobody cared about the USFL five years, well, five minutes after it shut operations down. It's like why did why did you think this was some legacy that we needed that name? That's bizarre. I don't know. I Can you, to me it's just like. Well, for one thing, there's no point in it. Like, no, oh, okay, really. they're playing football, and it's like, and it's well, I mean, I guess the, the point football. is that you have players out there who may be seen. It's like almost like a minor league thing, but it's only good for the players. It's not good for anybody else. It's not good for the viewers. I and Fox, mm-hmm. and I didn't even realize this until I was watching like this from the second game. They're playing all the games in Birmingham. 
Yeah, I, I did. I mean, then uh, they have all the games are in Birmingham, but then when they get to the semifinals of the, I have no idea why I know this stuff. <laughs> semifinals. <laughs> why do you of, know this? Well, An investor the semif- in Fox, by the way, who owns the. Well, it's because Rupert Murdoch's calling play by play on all the games, Omen. So, um, but uh, <laughs> how is this Australian doing? Um, but the two semifinal games in the championship game are in Canton, Ohio, at Hall of Fame Stadium. So all the regular season games are in Birmingham. So how do you feel about that? Like if you're in Birmingham, oh, this is great. And then like the most important games are somewhere else. Like, uh, yeah, there's someplace else. And it's just, I mean, why are you even calling these? The Houston Gamblers is like, you know, it's like they have yeah. no ties to the alleged cities <laughs> that they're playing for. Like, why did you bother with that? That's I, just so I agree. insane. I, I have a bigger problem with the way they've, way they're marketing this than the actual football. And the football has been, I mean, it's been okay, but I'd, I would rather, frankly, watch just replays of some college ball, let alone replays of some NFL ball. I mean, and none of the, None of the play has been very good. I don't even know if they've had a three-point play yet because I'm not really following it that much because I don't really care yeah. that much. But, you know, that's one of the innovations is, oh, you have a three-point play after a touchdown. It's like, <laughs> I don't think anyone's even tried it. You know, if you're going to do something, make it, And you know, at least when the XFL relaunches, at least they're doing a lot of things that are different. This just looks like a – what it, this looks like what it is, is a watered-down version of the NFL. And it's like that's not – remotely interesting i would much rather watch australian rules football than this frankly the the other thing i don't know is why they chose birmingham i, I mean i'm yeah. certain that the city probably gave them some kind of discount oh, but, yeah you can be sure that they got a huge deal on using that stadium but you think bringing and maybe it's just all tv money whatever tv money there is for that but what there, you would want people to show up in the stands, and no offense to Birmingham, Alabama, but you're not the biggest city in the world, so why there? You know, instead of instead of well, Houston. How many people? How many people are going to show up for a football game after a football game after a football game? And I didn't really pay attention exactly. to the stands. I'm assuming that, honestly, I would make it free admission and just make money a little money off the concessions, because how many people are going to show up for six games? Week after week after week. And they make you leave after each game? No, uh, hopefully they wouldn't do that. I made that up. <laughs> but I, I hope that's not the case. You have to walk out and walk back in. Walk back in. USFL, USFL attendance. Um, if you can hear me clacking because we're such a professional podcast. Um, <laughs> it just makes Embarrassing sense. crowd at today. This is 23 hours ago. Okay. 23 hours ago from The Spun by Sports Illustrated. Look, embarrassing. It says, look. Embarrassing crowd at today's USFL game. Um, they were embarrassed to be there. Is that what they mean? The USFL isn't exactly where it liked to be in terms of fan engagement. At Saturday's week two matchup between the Pittsburgh Maulers and the Philadelphia Stars, with one great North Carolina running back, there are virtually <laughs> there are virtually no fans in the stands. Look at the blah 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 blah. Doesn't give be? us. Yeah. And then. Actually, the, the, there's a tweet that says not a terrible crowd for the USFL opener, but that's back in opener. Keep in mind they uh, keep in mind that they have three more games tomorrow in the same city, and none of those will have the only real home team, quote unquote, Birmingham Stallions. Tomorrow could get ugly. That's from a tweet from Cork Games. That's the thing; they're all home teams. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like yeah, it makes are. no sense whatsoever. Absolutely yeah. no sense. I was like, yeah, we're doing this to cut expenses. Like you're making sure you have no fan base. Is, yeah. is what you're doing. I mean, I get I get it. The fact that they are playing in one city, as weird as that sounds. I mean, you shouldn't have a league. You shouldn't start a league thinking we're going to play the games in one city because that just means you have you're trying to cut costs. But it also means you don't really expect success. Right. And I yeah, get that right. they're just playing in one city because it's like, oh, we don't have the, the flight uh, costs and all that jazz. Fine. But it's why Birmingham? That doesn't make any sense. It's like, OK, you're. Because University of Alabama is good. It's not. Maybe you should play them in Tuscaloosa. But it's like, why yeah, exactly. Birmingham? Why not? I mean, I get like Florida and you know, they're. I don't, Birmingham gets hot too in April and May. I'm, I'm sure what you, you know, what you said is like they got the best deal. I mean, it absolutely has to be that. That was the only reason for it. But why? Why USFL? Why Houston Gamblers? Why, you know, is Pittsburgh Maulers? Just just make them corporate entities. I mean, just go full That's into true. it. Do do something interesting. Uh, that this the whole concept makes no freaking sense. That's right. The Cleveland Progressives are taking on the Geico. I would be honestly, whatever. I would be more interested in watching the Cleveland Progressives, or you know, just go ahead and you know call them the the white suit ladies uh, against the Geico geckos. This, that would be more fun. Geico geckos. It would be more fun than watching the fake Pittsburgh team against the fake Philadelphia team. You know, you know why? Because Baker Mayfield would be expected to play in the USFL if that's, and that may be his next step because he'd have to play for Progressive, right? So, he would have to play. Perfect. But that State Farm team is loaded with quarterbacks. <laughs> it would be loaded with quarterbacks. That's all I have. <laughs> that's right. I got Seattle draft seven offensive tackles, and but. The USFL State Farm team has nine quarterbacks. That's right. That's crazy. Yeah, so we got Progressive, we got Baker Mayfield, and Bernie, I guess. Jake DeLone would have to play for the State Farm, though, wouldn't he? He would have to. He'd have to come out of, come out of retirement. Mahomes and Rodgers. Geico. Does Geico have athletes? And I apologize. I don't mean anything disrespectful to Geico. I don't but I don't, I don't remember if they have athletes. I don't think they have athletes. I don't think they do. No. Yeah. That's sad. Uh, it is. A bunch of lizards. Oh, well, they've got lizards in those cave people. Those cave people are probably pretty athletic. I mean, they had to survive over be, centuries. Be tough. Yeah, <laughs> it would be fighters. <laughs> I never stop blocking. So uh, anyway. Yeah, if that's, anyone was still listening to this to the podcast, they're not listening anymore. I'm sure. That's right. What the hell is going well, on? Well, cave people. That's a, that's that's our that's our group, right? We try to aim for the cave people. Cave, cave people, cave persons. Hopefully they're not offended by that lingo. I don't know what you'd call them. Enclave people? Yes, that's what it is. So for all those enclave people listening, that's our show. Thanks. I don't know how you guys live with yourselves. One day at a time. One day, One at, day a time. at a time. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.